Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. How you doing, Patriots fans? How you feeling today? You feeling a little tired? A little exhausted? Maybe a little bit drained? That's how I feel. Bill's week is in the rearview mirror, and I, for one, could not be happier. Bill's week is a bit of a grind here for your boy. For some strange reason, Mark Schofield, it's kind of big up in Buffalo. A lot of it stems from the fact that during the Josh Allen draft cycle, I was on air a lot, and now for some strange reason, they keep inviting me back. And so Bill's week is a bit of a grind for me. I can all imagine what it was for this offense of the New England Patriots. This game was a grind. This game was one of those knockdown, hard-fought, road divisional victories. And it's kind of the way that I thought this was going to play out. On every single Buffalo show that I was on this week, I said, look, this is going to be a one-score game. The Bills will probably have the ball late in this game with a chance to go on and tie or even take the lead. I thought it was going to be a 27-20 type of game. It was a 16-10 final with New England coming out on top. I'm drained. You might be drained too. But the show must go on. And today's show is episode 21 of the Sco Show. And it is, yes, another glorious victory edition of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield, back with you now after a little bit, something a little different, a little cold open. It kind of felt right. I had recorded like six or seven different tries at the initial take to this episode, and just none of them really felt like they captured the moment. So I felt like a cold open, something a little different made some sense. And so we went with a little cold open. Hope you enjoyed it. If not, well, hey, I'm not going to do it all the time. So get over it. Happy to be here. Happy to be back in the big chair for another glorious victory installment of the SCO show. And at the outset, look, this is coming out on Sunday night, September 29th. We are up on Rosh Hashanah, a new year for those of us who are listening to the show who are members of the Jewish faith. And I wish those members of the Jewish faith who are celebrating the new year a sweet and happy new year. Lashana Tova to you all. I hope the new year finds you all well and happy and healthy. Patriots offense perhaps not happy right now, or at least healthy in terms of production, but we'll get to that in a bit. It is a glorious victory episode. We will have our great, our good, and the bad, and yes, there's something in all three categories. But before we do all that, you know, your usual reminders that you get here at the SCO Show. Please do follow along with the hijinks at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Check out the work at places like InsideThePylon.com, 
Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, and yes, that trio of SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where I co-host the QB Sco Show with the Honorable Michael J. Kist, and of course, Pat's Pulpit, where you find this show and all the other great stuff we're doing at the Pulpit and the Pulpit Podcast Network. Let's talk this game. Obviously, look, as you heard in the cold open, I was on ESPN Rochester, WGR a bunch of times, a bunch of Bills podcasts, Cover One, Rock Pile Report, you name it, they had me on. For some reason, like I said, your boy's kind of big in Buffalo. It's a little weird. But I like it. I do it for the love. They're good fans up there. And I kept coming back to the idea that, look, this was going to be a hard-fought, one-score game. We'll get into the offense a little bit later, but I'll just say at the outset, we had indications that the offense might struggle against this defense. And so the fact that it came down to the Bills with a chance to tie or take the lead or just go ahead and win this game outright a couple of times at the end didn't really surprise me. This defense, however, you could say in a sense it surprised me with how well they played today, even though they gave up a touchdown. Because this defense right now is, they won this game. I don't think anybody would question that opinion. This defense is the reason the New England Patriots are now 4-0. Yes, and maybe both the offense and the defense had a huge role in the first three victories. This was a defensive win. And I think you have to start with two players in particular, although there are a lot of players on the defensive side of the ball. Devin McCourty, fourth straight game with a pick. J.C. Jackson with a big interception. I mean, you had guys contributing on this defensive side of the ball in big ways. John Simon, again, playing extremely well. Six total tackles, five of them solo a sack, one tackle for a loss. J.C. Jackson, again, two interceptions. One of them we're going to break down a bit in depth. The other, the one along the sideline, just a tremendous effort play. But the Patriots linebackers, in particular, Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins, just tremendous football players today. And if you want a sense of what Kyle Van Noy did for this Patriots defense today, Andrew Callahan who now covers the Patriots for the Boston Herald. Shortly after this game ended, Kyle Van Noy, eight tackles, two sacks, three quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, all of which were team highs. And he had the pressure on Barkley to force the game with an interception. That's Van Noy, who is tremendous. Jamie Collins, equally so. And I've talked a lot about Jamie Collins on this show already. And let's face it, with James Devlin down, we're going to need some guys to step up into that Shaq Mason, James Devlin, you know, players that I will sing songs of in the Mead Halls type of category. That we will write odes to. That we will, you know, raise our glasses of Mead in their honor. The Mead Halls of Yorvasker. Jamie Collins has played himself into that category of player in my eyes. And he had a tough task today because, as I expected, said this a lot on radio and elsewhere, he was tasked with spying Josh Allen at times. 
And on one of those plays in particular, you saw exactly how effective he was at doing that. On Buffalo's third possession of the game, it's 13-0. You had just gotten the punt block touchdown. Like I said, 13-0. But Buffalo, they get themselves into Patriots territory. Frank Gore rips off a huge run. They had a nice little RPO design. That little we talked to, I talked about this with Nate Geary on WGR on Saturday. The Bills do this design where they'll run RPO, Allen in the shotgun, they'll fake sort of the wide zone play with the running back coming in front of them, and they'll pull the guard and the tackle play side to the edge. And that is such a great design because if you're a linebacker, if you're Bentley, if you're Jamie Collins and you're in the game and you see the guard and the tackle pull, you're thinking run all the way. Those are the guys you're reading. A lot of people think on play action, what fools the linebackers is the running back putting the football in the running back's belly. On RPOs, it's that same mesh action. Linebackers are key in interior alignment. If they see them low, they think run. If they see the hats low, the helmets low, they think run. If they see hats up, they think pass. If they see hats low and pulling, they're definitely thinking run. And so if you're a linebacker and you see a guard and a tackle pull into the edge, you follow those guys and it opens up the easy throw. So they had one of those plays where Allen hit Beasley. They had uh, they were in New England territory, third and nine. So third and long situation. They use Jamie Collins as a spy. He does such a good job at mirroring and containing Josh Allen who wants to break the pocket, who wants to roll out right. It's all he wants to do in the world. Because at this point, look, he's a bit rattled. Not really in the flow of this game. He had already thrown the one interception, the one to Devin McCourty. But Collins does such a good job. Such a good job. Staying and contain, trying to keep him in the pocket. When Allen forces the issue and breaks it, he mirrors him. Collins does perfectly. Allen runs out of time. Great coverage sack situation, and he closes it off and finishes with a sack. That's just a tremendous play. And if you think about Jamie Collins 1.0 and the failure to execute assignments, the insistent on, insistence on freelancing, did not see that on this play. Have not really seen that this year. And Evan Lazar, who will be on the show this week, pointed this out on Twitter in an article he wrote about Jamie Collins, basically said there might have been times that he has freelance, but the difference is this defense overall, top to bottom at all three levels, is so deep and talented that even if he does, it doesn't cause a big mistake because the talent is around to sort of pick him up. And so Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, they were fantastic. The goal line stands. I mean, you had the fourth down stop, the fourth and one play, the near interception, which you get a little bit of pressure from Kyle Van Noy, and I think it was Lawrence Guy. Barkley throws high on fourth down, Chun with a near interception. But I want to talk about the play before that. Third and goal at the two. They go inside run with Frank Gore, and he gets stopped for a loss of one by... Adam Butler, who 
Speaking of people that are playing themselves into the Mead Hall songs, Adam Butler is on that list too. Because go back and watch that third down. I'm getting Dante Hightower Super Bowl 49 vibes from what Adam Butler did on third down. Because they go inside run. He's head up on the center, Morse. Morse cuts him off the snap. Gets him to the ground. But he doesn't give up on the play. Butler stays active with his hands, gets up, hurls himself into the path of Gore, and chops him down for a loss of one. This play could have gone. You go back and watch this play. It looks like it could go. Like I said, they've got Butler head up on the center. They show motion with Dawson Knox as a jumbo set. They chop him down to the ground, but he gets off the ground, gets into Gore's legs, and stops him for a loss on the play. Guy gets some good push, too. He doesn't make the tackle, but Guy gets into the right tackle and gets some initial penetration, which forces Gore to cut into this hole that he thinks is there because, again, Adam Butler's on the ground. But Butler gets up and stops him which was tremendous. Those of you that are on Twitter, you probably saw this summer, and I've talked about it on this show. I I talked about it on Locked on Patriots before I came over here. The debate in the football world about pass coverage versus pass rush and which matters more. And I'm not one to typically wade into debates like that on the Twitter timeline because there's no winners in those things. But I waded into that debate this summer because I dug up a quote from Bill Belichick, and many of you have probably heard this before. But it was a quote from Belichick talking about how, when he was asked that question, it was from like 2014, that he was basically saying, no, they work in concert together. You can have a tremendous pass rush, but if the coverage is bad, guys are going to be open. You can have a great secondary, but if there's no pressure at all, the quarterback's going to have time to find somebody in the passing game. So they need to work together. If you want an example of coverage and pass rush working together, watch this defense right now. Watch this defense against Buffalo. Watch Buffalo's fourth drive of the game. 13 nothing. They have a first and 10. They go play action, deep shot. And this was, they shouldn't have even had the ball at this point because on third and four, there was nothing open. But you get 12 men on the field against Jonathan Jones, who I thought got off the field, although I guess he was in the air and hadn't established himself on the sidelines according to Dan Fouts, which I guess is a thing. So on the ensuing first down play, they go play action. They want a deep shot. Lawrence Guy pressures Allen and forces him, and this might have been Allen's own doing. He attempted a number of sort of back foot throws in the vertical passing game, which were odd. But here the pressure influenced him. And even though Zay Jones has a step on J.C. Jackson, although Fouts thought he was beaten for a touchdown, there was safety help coming over the top. The pressure by Guy influences the throw. It comes up short. And it's intercepted by J.C. Jackson. That is one of many examples, some of which we'll talk about in a minute as I go through some of the individual plays I want to highlight, of pass rush and coverage working in concert. 
So fantastic stuff there. Up next, more of the good that we saw from the Wayland 16-10 win. And a little bit later, we're going to talk about some of the bad. Because there's some bad stuff to talk about. But look, a win is a win. And we'll take it to get to 4-0 and here at the SCO Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Mark Schofield back with you now on this glorious victory edition of the SCO Show. And I want to talk about some of the good. We're going to talk a little bit about the offense right now. I thought their one and only touchdown drive, I thought was pretty impressive. I thought that was a pretty good drive from the New England Patriots offense. They had a third and eight that they had to convert early. It looked like they went 20 person well. I know they went 20 personnel, two running backs, no tight ends, three wide receivers. Looks like they went Haas with White running the hitch and Brady hit it after some great pocket movement. So they convert that third and long. Next play is a first and 10. They go slant flat to Gordon. It goes through Gordon's hand. Second and 10. Hitch to Dorsett for a gain of five. Third and five. This was the one great offensive play the Patriots had of the day. That wheel route to James White versus Matt Milano. Perfect throw with touch, placement, great over-the-shoulder catch from James White. If you watch that design, they flooded the left side. They had a three-level flood to that side, which just isolated White one-on-one on the right sideline against Matt Milano. And I thought going into this game that, look, this game was going to come down to Rex Burkhead and James White versus Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. And It did on this play, and that was a huge gain and a beautiful throw from Tom Brady. And then you cap it off with a jet sweep to Brandon Bolin for the touchdown. And the block really that spun that was Julian Edelman with a cup lock on the edge, in essence taking out two defenders. So that was a fantastic drive from the New England Patriots offense. Jakob Johnson. We might need to make some more room at the meat hall tables because I thought he had a... We're going to go through some individual plays here in a moment and we'll mention him a couple of times. But I thought he had a fantastic day blocking for Sony Michelle in front of him. And it's not like the Patriots offense really did well. Again, we'll get to it. And it's not like the run game really sort of took off. But I think Sony Michelle 17 for 63 will take it given what we saw from Michelle in the running game in the first three games of the season. And it's not like the Patriots really needed it in the first three weeks of the season, but it was good to see, and they got some good runs. Michelle had a lawn of 15, and I believe that was the run to open the game. And he was running behind Johnson, who had a fantastic block, him and Josh Gordon, on a power running design. And so the run game seemed to click a little bit better. Special teams. The pump block touchdown. Brandon Bolden, J.C. Jackson, with dual pressure off the edge, forces the win player, their fullback, to try to pick between the two 
He does the right thing, which is take the inside player, but Jackson does a tremendous job aiming for the spot. Remember, when you're punt blocking, that's what you're doing. You're not aiming for the punter. You're aiming for the aiming point in front of him, three yards in front of him or so. Does a fantastic job getting to that and putting his hands on the foot, on the ball. It's textbook. I'm having flashbacks to Hugh Velasquez and our pump block team in college and how he taught our guys to get to the spot. Slater there scooping up for his first career touchdown. Fantastic job. Jake Bailey. I mean, look, he was special teams player of the week last week. But he has become a guy that can bail the offense out, so to speak. If they fail to get a first down, if they fail to run some clock, if they fail to change field position, he can do it with one swift kick with the leg. Nine punts for 433. One inside the 20, a lawn of 61. Fantastic hang time on pretty much every punt he had today. Extremely impressed with him. He got some, we'll get to it at the end of the show, but he got a lot of people in the Scotia Slack channel saying he's player of the game. He's man of the match. Mattia Rizzo, I believe, used the man of the match phrasing, which I wanted to highlight. He played fantastic. Let's go through some individual plays here as I work through this game. Um, I, I mentioned the opening run of the game. Sony Michelle for a gain of 15 on a power design with Jakob Johnson and Josh Gordon in front of him. Buffalo's first offensive play tipped at the line of scrimmage by John Simon, who could have picked it, I thought. Third and 10 on Buffalo's opening drive. They get, they go Amoeba with Butler as the one down lineman. They show blitz. It comes. Harmon and Kyle Van Noy get pressure. Looks like the Patriots are forcing a three and out on the first defensive drive of the game, but we get a Stephon Gilmore flag for defensive holding. So it nullifies that, gives them a a first down, which you hate to see. The pick by Devin McCourty, fourth straight game of the penalty with a interception, raised the eyes perfectly of Josh Allen. I mentioned that Haas play. I mentioned that Patriots touchdown drive. Buffalo's second drive of the game. This is before the block punt. Second and 15, Allen gets sacked. Ball pops out. Lawrence Guy with the hit. Cal Van Noy pops it out. Buffalo recovers. But you get Danny Shelton with a the pressure there to force the climb. Third and 14, go route, vertical route along the right sideline to John Brown. Stephon Gilmore in perfect position. I mentioned the Collins spy and sack on Buffalo's third offensive drive of the game. I mentioned J.C. Jackson's first interception. That was fantastic to see. Again, the pass rush and the coverage working together. James White, that 31 run in the second quarter, New England's fifth drive of the game, where it looks like this is one that Sean McDermott challenged. He extends the ball out late. Should have been a face mask penalty on that play, too. Fantastic tough run from James White. Third and 10. On that same drive, huge screen to James White for a gain of 11, but what really spun that, Ted Karras with an incredible block on Matt Milano, getting downfield, chopping him down. Fantastic cut block. You get a first and 10 play. Jakob Johnson with a huge lead block in front of Michelle for a gain of nine. You get later on that drive, a first and 10 play. 
Another inside run. Sonny Michelle had great vision when he cuts this one back. They go Jakob Johnson in front of him, but didn't really need Johnson on that play. This is one where Fouts sort of thought he needed Johnson, but Michelle had great vision to sort of cut it back. They had another jet sweep to Dorsett on this drive, a second and four. Trent Murphy, the Buffalo defensive end, rewind this back. It comes right around the seven-minute mark, I'd say. A second and four play. Trent Murphy had no idea where the ball was. The Brady interception, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. That was a bad play. J.C. Jackson's second interception. That was just an incredible individual effort play. I actually skipped ahead, though, because third quarter. Yeah, we're in the third quarter now. I did skip around a little bit. Yeah, here, oh, here we go. Yeah, Brady with the, the bad pick. Buffalo's sixth drive of the game. This starts at the 408 mark of the second quarter. You get another sack from Kyle Van Noy. It's a third and five play. You've got a chance now. They're in field goal range. And they had a huge run from Frank Gore to start this drive on a second and one play that we're going to get to in a little bit later. But Kyle Van Noy with a big sack to make the field goal try a little bit harder. Patriots do nothing on their next offensive possession. Buffalo has a chance to go with a double dip. But John Simon gets a covered sack on a third and 10 right before the half. And the 49-yard field goal try gets hooked. And they pointed it out in the broadcast. Look, that hooked late. You don't get that sack. You probably are seeing that field goal good. So that's stuff from the first half. Second half, get through this stuff quickly. Buffalo has the TD drive to make it a 13-7 game. New England does nothing their next drive. So Buffalo's got a chance to take the lead. But the defense responds incredibly well. You get a swing screen what gets thrown away. That was the weird play where it looked like Bentley scoops it up and they didn't blow the whistle. Second and 10, they run mesh. Jonathan Jones with a fantastic tackle on Andre Roberts on a crossing route. Third and five. Well, third and four, you get off-center penalties. Third and five, you get a scramble, but holding penalty negates Allen's late first down scramble. Third and 14, you go Amoeba. Winovich cleans up the sack after initial pressure by Butler, and then you force a shanked punt. Huge stop by the defense there. Jason Jackson, second interception, like I said, third INT of the day, huge interception there. The last good offensive play that I really saw from the Patriots, the crosser to Gordon where Matt Lacoste avoids the offensive pass interference call that McDermott was screaming about and then challenged. And then, look, the, the interception at the end of the day by Jamie Collins with Kyle Van Noy with the pressure. So those were some of the good plays, the bad. Let's get to the bad. I know a lot of people are worried right now about the offense. A lot of people worried about the play calling. And a lot of people are... Experiencing a little bit of heartburn over what's up with this offense right now. And yeah, look, the numbers aren't great. Tom Brady, 18 of 39 for 150. No touchdowns, one interception, a QBR of 10.3. It's an ugly game. New England's best receiver or leader receiver, James White, eight catches for 57 yards. I mean, the passing game struggled. And now, if you didn't have a sense of deja vu, deja vu all over again, watching this offense after the two games these teams played last year. Because again, I know I have some new listeners to this show. 
After the Week 16 game last year, I sat in this very chair in front of this very computer, in front of this very microphone, and to many of you listeners out there, the same people that are listening to this show now and said, I don't know if this offense, and in particular this passing game, is good enough to win a Super Bowl, is good enough to even get to a Super Bowl. After that Week 16 win, if I, wanted to, I couldn't find it. I wanted to dig up and play for you some of those clips. Because I remember even saying as I was recording the show, it feels like we lost today after that Week 16 game. Because the passing game was just bad. And this came up during the game at the Scotia Slack channel. And myself and others basically said, this isn't so much about Tom Brady and the Patriots offense. This Buffalo Bills defense is very good. Their front seven is good. Their secondary is good. They can get pressure. They can confuse Tom Brady. Brady was asked about it this week because no team perhaps spins their safeties as well as Buffalo seems to do. And Brady was asked, it might have even even been by Evan Lazar who asked him, like, you know, they spin their safety so much. What happens when you don't get that pre-snap read that you know exactly what to expect? He's like, I've been around. I'll figure it out after the snap. It's hard to figure out after the snap, especially when they're doing things to get immediate pressure on you to get you off your spot and so a lot of the past game struggles today I think it's one of those moments you just tip your hat to the other side and say look their defense is good it's another reason why I'm happy to have this game at Buffalo in the rear view mirror and we don't have to see these guys again for a long time And I know some of you probably have already seen headlines and tweets and articles about, oh, they needed Antonio Brown today or they needed something today. If they do something like this next week against Washington, then maybe you could start wondering about problems with the offense itself. But I think today was in large part due to this Buffalo Bills defense. It's very good. And if the Bills get themselves into the playoffs, which, let's face it, they might. Have you looked at their schedule? They could stumble to 10-6. and And in this AFC, that might get you a wild card spot. So I'm just saying, this is a team that, keep an eye on Buffalo. That defense is very good, and if Allen figures it out, it could be even better. I know some people are worried about sort of the play calling down the stretch, not running a lot of clock and things like that. They were just trying to get a first down. Look, Buffalo was basically had burned all their timeouts. They just wanted to get a first down. And Josh McDaniels is going to be who he is. So sometimes they're going to design some shot plays or they're going to try to take a couple of what might look to be gambles in terms of throwing the ball when maybe they shouldn't. That's who they are. That's who they've always been. And yes, it gives me gray hairs too. More than I'd like to admit. But that's who they are. Some of the penalties, look, penalties and yardage and stuff like that. There were some bad play calls in this game. There were some bad penalties in this game that the Patriots took. That, look, Buffalo had four first downs from penalties. Patriots were, by the way, 5 of 18. 5 of 18 on third down. Again, Buffalo's defense is good, but that's not good. But yeah, Patriots penalized eight times for 58 yards, four of which gave them a first down. 
Can't have that. Some negative plays to highlight. Hopefully, I can do it in order this time. Let's see. Oh, yeah, the, the defensive holding on Gilmore on the opening drive there. Ghost. That's right. We have a ghost problem, friends. Misses another PAT. Jessica Brand, she look, looks like she's going to be doing some kick and breakdowns on inside the pylon. You're probably going to want to check those out. But he seems to be a man without confidence right now. Do not like seeing that. But we do have a ghost problem. There's that 12-man penalty. Again, I think Jonathan Jones was back. That's, that's a bad call. The ground is on Brady where Julian Edelman gets held up. He tries to lead him, and that gets flagged for grounding. Eh, I didn't like that. Brady's pick. You know, there's that expression in life. Don't assume because it makes a you-know-what out of you and me. You can't assume as a quarterback. Brady knew he had man coverage because Jacoby Myers goes in motion across the formation. He doesn't expect Micah Hyde to come off Myers quickly. He wants to throw fade backside to Gordon. It's not there immediately, and he gets flushed to his right because of pressure. Again, pressure and coverage, working in concert. What a concept. He gets flushed to his right. He doesn't think that Micah Hyde's going to pull off as quickly as he does. So he tries to throw deep into the back corner of the end zone. Hyde comes off of a lot of people said that felt like the Raglan pick because look, you're up 13 nothing. You started the drive at your own five yard line. You had a chance to go up 20 to nothing late first half on the road. Again, it's literally the Raglan pick. It's in the end zone. He assumes that Hyde can't come off. He does just, just horrible. And one of the next, very next plays, it's a reason why JC Jackson ain't getting a game ball today, kids, even though he had the two picks. The effort he had on the huge run by Frank Gore where he thinks he's going to blast Frank Gore to the turf with a shoulder nudge. There were some missed tackles. Juwan Bentley right in the moments before that. But JC, dude, you're not getting Frank Gore to the ground with a tackle effort like that. Frankly, you're lucky you were still in the game later to make plays. That was just... It was not a good effort. It was not a good effort. And I'm sure, look, I'm sure he's going to hear about it if he hasn't already. And he made some great plays later on in this game, so we obviously give him credit for that, but that was not a good effort at a tackle. Um, New England's first drive of the second half. Josh Allen goes 6 for 6 for 69 yards on a 9-play 75-yard drive to cap off it off with a touchdown on a 4th and 1 quarterback sneak. And you go 3-0. and out. And then to cap it all off, Slater, after a huge punt, 61-yarder for Bailey, gets flagged for running out of, out of bounds for a personal foul penalty. That was just an awful, ugly sequence. Did not like that. The offense near the end of the game, you know, was frustrating. They couldn't really ice it the way they would have liked. But let's face it. A win is a win. And that in a, is probably a good time to take us to our take of the game. Comes to us from Matt St. John from the Scotia Slack channel. Man, I hate divisional games. You're just happy with the dub. I think that's the way to sum this up. It was ugly. It was hard fought. It was a grind. We're all happy it's over. We're all happy that Buffalo at Buffalo is in the rear view. We're not seeing it till 2020, unless something really interesting happens down the road here. And 
That would be really interesting if some of the Patriots are at Buffalo in the playoffs, which means some funky stuff happened. But hey, anything's possible. But like Matt says, look, we hate divisional road games. You got one in the books, and we got the one at Miami in the books too. So we don't see Buffalo at Buffalo. Good to have that in the review mirror. Some game balls. I threw out the uh, the request for game balls in the uh, Scotia Slack channel. Um, got some some great recommendations. Again, Matt St. John said J.C. Jackson. A lot of people said J.C. Jackson. He had the pump block too. I know it's hard. Let's be a softy. Fine. We'll give him a game ball, but he's going to tackle better. Andy Likens mentioned Jake Bailey. Kept a minute with field position. The entire defense deserves one. Mr. Pink with Bailey. Mr. Pink with Van Noy. Ricky Keeler, Bailey, and Van Noy. Mr. Pink with Collins. We're going to give up some offenses ones. Ted Karras is mentioned by Jessica Brand. Kyle Van Noy and Bailey on defense and special teams. Ricky Keeler mentioned White as well. So, look, I think I'm going to give him an offense to Karras and Jakob Johnson, who I thought was fantastic. I probably should have mentioned him more, but I thought he was fantastic. Bailey gets one. Kyle Van Noy, Collins will give one to J.C. Jackson, even though he's got to tackle better. Butler gets one, too, because, look, that I'm getting Hightower vibes from that third down stop that he had. What can I say? So, look, a win's a win, and now let's face it. You got at Washington, then home against the Giants, Two, you're going to be facing back-to-back rookie quarterbacks, it seems like, because Washington went to Dwayne Haskins. You're going to get Danny Dimes on a short week. Then you get the mini-bye before at Baltimore and an actual bye, and then home against the Browns. Schedule sets up nicely, so we'll see what the Patriots do. In the meantime, that will do it for tonight. That will do it for today. Glorious victory, number show number four in the books. As I said, big shows this week. Evan Lazar is going to come on, talk about this game and some more stuff. That will be for the Wednesday show. Thursday show, it's Washington time. We're going to look at the Redskins. I'll probably do some stuff on Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin. Probably write some stuff about the Washington offense over at Pat's pulpit. Mark Bullock from The Athletic DC is going to join us to talk about this Washington team and where they're at. So that's this week ahead. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, rate, all that good stuff. The Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. We're doing shows every single day of the week. You're getting something new. And we're going to be rolling out some extra new stuff for you. We're going to be doing what we're going to call Pulpit Playback. It's going to be like those shows that I used to do over at Locked On Patriots where we kind of like the Super Bowl shows where I revisit big games. I'm going to debut the first one for Ravens Week. We're going to look back at that 2007 Monday Nighter when the Patriots needed to win that to stay unbeaten. So we're going to do Pulpit Playback. I'm going to be doing those. You've got Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind on Saturdays, giving you clips from all the shows. So again, we're doing a ton of work. Please, I know I say this all the time, leave reviews for the show, iTunes, wherever. They do matter. They do help us. So again, if you do that, that would be fantastic. That's it for today. I'm starting to lose my voice. It's been a long weekend. Bill's week is a grind. I'm going to go get some sleep. Until next time, everybody, please do keep on blessing the Patriots reign down in Foxborough.